Well, hello once again. Welcome to the Weekly Harvest Podcast. I'm Chris Falco, Director of Game Day Operations, Community Relations, the in-arena voice of the team. He's Rob Mann, the radio voice of the team. Rob, how are you doing this week? Doing well, doing well. It's been nice to be back in Brandon again, and it's been nice to see the guys win some games. It has been an absolute joy. You know, the road trip when you guys are gone, it's a nice little reset for us. We get that time to update a lot of the game day stuff, kind of refresh, get some extra sleep as well, enjoy the weekends a little bit. But then when we get back, it, it was a lot in a row in some of the top teams. But if you would have told pretty much any Week King fan, even us in the office here, before this week, knowing that you're going to play three of the top teams that if you were going to tell us you're going to get five out of six points, what would you have said? I would have said, thank you, take it, run. That would have been exactly the idea. Don't get me wrong, I have faith in the Wheat Kings. I'm not disparaging the guys' efforts or abilities by any means, but if you go into any three-game stretch and take five or six points, you do that consistently, you're a top team. There's no question. And you're doing that against the top teams. It was awesome. Our home crowd got to see some phenomenal hockey played as of late. Uh, it even shows in a lot of the online comments. People are appreciating again, getting back to that style of play, which... Uh, not that it was lacking at the start of the season so much, but it was coming in spurts. And now, these last three games, it's been the consistency. And when you want to play with those top teams, that's what it's going to take. It's those efforts that we just saw, those three games, and it was a whole lot of fun for us to be a part of. We're going to talk about each one of those games, but overall, that was that was a very fun little home stretch. It's been a fun stretch, no doubt about it, and it always felt like this was coming. Didn't it always feel like we were just one or two good decisions away from kind of crossing a bit of a threshold here? Now the trick is to maintain it, of course, but this is good. This is progress. This is something that felt like it was in the cards, and now it's showing up in full force. And we talk about five or six points there, and I want to bring up something here. Five or six points is great. Critical? The four out of the five, the two wins, you take points away in regulation from divisional opponents. If you were going to pick one of those games to lose in overtime, from a standings perspective, it's the Prince George one every time because you're fighting with Saskatoon and Moose Jaw directly for positioning. You take points away from them, that's a good week. Going back into these into these last three games, it all began with a, kind of we're going to call it a weird Thursday game. I cannot remember a Thursday regular season game uh, happening here in my entire time. I know there was one playoff year when we had to do Thursday, Friday because of the Winter Fair moving in. But besides that, it was very odd to be here on a Thursday. But we were, and it was it was quite the game. It was quite the game on that one. Let's, let's, let's talk about that one first. It was odd, and it won't be odd by the end of the year. We've got a couple more Thursday games. In fact, next Thursday against Moose Jaw, the very same team, we're doing it again. It's strange to me because, like yeah, you, that- Chris, I've been in junior hockey for all these years, and Thursday was always the day off. Like That was the day on which teams would travel. This year, that's not the case. There are games in the Western Hockey League tonight. Wheat Kings just don't happen to be involved in any of them. But that game against Moose Jaw, despite the weirdness, it could have been a headline game. I mean, you've got Nate Danielson and Carson Bjarnason on one side, and you've got Denton Matejchuk, Braden Jaeger, Jagger Fergus, a raid on the other. And I was saying on air with Pete Gerlinger that you throw Dominic Peter into that equation, you could have had, at any given moment, six World Junior guys on the ice. It was an incredible game to watch, and it was the big guns who delivered. Bjarnason was excellent in net, Danielson with a couple of assists, and that big goal in the third period, which really turned the momentum. You have Matejchuk, Furkus, and Jaeger all getting on the score sheet on the other side. From a marketing perspective, a 4-3 Wheat Kings win in which all the big guns show up, that was perfect. You couldn't get a game like that again. 
it was literally, we talked about that, all the names going in that you were going to expect to show up and play, that was who was on the score sheet, that was who the stars of the game were. So you go from that, Barnburner versus Moose Jaw, that was a whole lot of fun, right into a very tight affair versus the Saskatoon Blades, where it was a game of a lot of strong defensive play. The goaltending there was solid when they needed to be. Uh... You know, I understand there was a, there was some comments. There's always comments about when you pick the three stars of the game. Um, this was one that easily, you know, you could have given a, a Saskatoon goaltender possibly one of the stars. It was one of those, but it was a two to one win for the Wheat Kings. But that was the one uh, game, Rob, where it was a Manti and then McQueen getting on the score sheet and then Wong scoring with 30 seconds left in the third. And for the Wheat Kings to come back from the road trip, where any lingering thought of that Seattle game, where you're up by a couple of goals. There's a minute left, and somehow you find a way to let that game slip away. Here you are now on home ice. You have that big win versus Moose Jaw. You're right back. This was a massive game. We haven't talked about the fact that this game on Saturday versus the Blades here, that was also Willie's birthday. So that's the biggest crowd of the year. We're talking about a couple hundred people away from a a legit sellout. Uh, Over 4,800 bodies in the building, making a ton of noise, lots of atmosphere, so much fun. And all of a sudden, 30 seconds to go, and then Saskatoon scores. And you just kind of felt something. You're like, oh. And then they came back down, and they got another shot right away. <laughs> and Vardy had made a bad save. Oh, I remember and that. everybody just kind of just didn't breathe for a quick second. But they they were fine. They were fine. Got the puck out, and it was, it was good. Two-to-one win there on the Saturday night. That was huge. The crowd was so happy, all the kids. It was awesome with the, the costumes and all the Halloween fun and Willie's, uh, Willie's birthday fun again. But that Saturday game versus Saskatoon for a 2-1 to one game. That one was uh, was one of the more thrilling efforts here this year. It's funny. Something similar actually happened against Moose Jaw, too. The Wheat Kings got up 4-2, and then I think it was like 12 seconds left, Ray Savvy scores, and there's that feeling of, oh, boy, we just did this with a 4-2 score, no less. Let's not do that again. And Marty Murray was joking with me after the game on air. He says, you know, it'd be nice to get an empty net goal one of these days just to ease the nerves a little bit on the bench. Same situation in Saskatoon, a late goal to get them back within one, but that's as close as they get because Carson Bjarnason shuts the door. And I know the three stars thing, it's tough because it's a one-goal game and it has the appearance that it should be tighter and evenly distributed. Obviously, there's three stars of a game. One team must have two. That's the only way that can play out. But I was talking a bit with the Prince George guys when they got here, and they shared my opinion on this as we went through the, uh, the footage of the game against Saskatoon. That game was not as close as the score indicated. The Wheat Kings outshot the Blades 20-7 to in that first period. Overall, 42-28. to Mm-hmm. Against a good Saskatoon team, the Wheat Kings put the pedal to the floor, outshot them. I would say, generally speaking, outplayed them. And in comments from the Blades after the game, I think they felt the same way. They were disappointed in the way that game played out for them. Like, I was watching an interview with Brennan Sonny, who's always very thoughtful with his answers, and he said that Austin Elliott was really good, but generally speaking, the Wheat Kings had the better of play in that contest. And the shots would tend to indicate that, I think. I don't think that's an unfair statement, but... Uh, the idea that, you know, Carson Bjarnason's obviously getting a star. He's 13 seconds away from a shutout. You got to give him one of those. Would I have given Austin Elliott one for his performance? I could justify it, for sure. But there were enough guys on the Wheat King side of thing who played so well. I mean, to put up 42 shots against Saskatoon, that's no mean feat. I think that was probably the right call. Yeah, 
I had no issue with it. Uh, for people curious about how the stars work, it changes building to building, I know, but here we do a job of just kind of rotating it. So some nights it'll actually be like me and my crew in the box where we'll, you know, we are obviously watching and we'll do a little group discussion and decide. Other nights, though, it's on the media, you know, so we have Rob and Pete do it. Other nights, we have Perry Bergson do it. Uh, we'll have other media guys, depending who's there, but we like to kind of change it up. That way, you don't have that home perspective all the time, right, where it is just the, the home guys. And that night was not us, but I still, I, I agreed uh, with, with those picks. The guys played fantastic that game. They, oh, they, yeah. they all deserved it. And then you had uh, that, that effort. So here we are recording this on the Thursday, the effort last night versus the Prince George Cougars. This game was a heck of a game. To get it to be 2-2 and going into overtime, there was there was there were certain parts, Rob, where PG was here for a couple of days. Uh, we got to see them practice for a little bit on the ice. They they destroyed one of our windows <laughs> oh the yeah viewing lounge. welcome back to for those, Brandon, for those who it's... haven't seen the social media you can go and look um i the, we had to post with the quote the famous happy gilmore just is that goal regulation size or what uh, a few of those guys I, can rip a puck we knew that that we found that out the hard way it, it's insane though you could see on the glass because it's spider webbed exactly where it hit and that's a heck of a shot to ricochet and then hit and then it smashes like that. So um, anyway, they were here for a couple of days, and we, we saw them on the ice, and it was speed. There was there was a lot of speed out there. You could tell how fast they were. And at times last night, I found that the consistency again over these last three games, defensively, it's been there. That second period drop-off we were seeing earlier in the year, it, it didn't really happen. The, the second was, was, was very, very well overall. But... When they, PG, they, when they got the break, the turnover, the amount of time it took for them to transition into a play, that was something that I was like, whoa. No time at all. It's they it's are on your stick and it's gone. Very fast team. Um, it was something that was very impressive to me, and that was probably the quickest I've seen anybody come in this building this year. That's a very quick team, and it forced the Wheat Kings to be quick, which was nice to see because there were guys on the Brandon side of things matching that speed. You've heard coaches talk about playing to the level of your opponent, I'm sure. And I think in some ways the Wheat Kings did play to the level of the Cougars on that night in that they kept up with them speed-wise. Yeah, I mean, you look at the stats overall, and shots on goal, it was 31-26. to 26. So yeah. I, it's, you're right there, like, you know, five, it was the, for the Cougars, 31-26, but you're only f- five shots away. Uh, Minuscule difference at the end of the day, especially in an overtime game. Yeah, you know, penalty minutes overall, it was uh, 14-10 for the, for the Cougars. Um, penalties, we're not going to get into that because we don't want to get fined, but <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was a night at the rink, um, and it was a lot of fun for the fans, I hope, overall. In, like we said, yes, an overtime loss does hurt, uh, but you look at it overall, and you got three of the t- uh, top teams in the country, and you're going to get five out of the six points. Now the team hits the road. And you guys are getting all set for this game. So, uh, Rob, let's go through this. Tomorrow you guys are leaving for Regina to take on the Pats. And you're going to, uh, you and us, we're going to see them quite a bit over here next little bit. Yeah, it's a mini playoff series is the way Marty Murray described it to me. As they've oh. got three games against the Pats over the next nine days. Which is a really tight span, especially after not seeing your closest rival, geographically closest rival, since opening night. And when I talked a moment ago about playing to the level of your opponent, this is where I want to see the Wheat Kings maintain the level of play they had against Saskatoon and Prince George against a team that on paper doesn't present the same challenge. But you need to have that same level of effort because A, they're your rivals. You get up for games against your rivals. That's what you do. B, these are points in the standings. They and the Wheat Kings are neck and neck. And as Marty said to me this morning, 
he doesn't see the playoff race in the Eastern Conference loosening up anytime soon. Not enough teams are losing. And of course, the teams that are neck and neck with each other are playing against each other. So somebody's got to win every night. A lot of these games are going to overtime. The standings aren't getting any less restrictive. If you have an opportunity to take six points away from a divisional opponent, you must take it. You need to take it as seriously as possible. Top scoring player matchup for the game is going to be Rylan Rorsma. 17 games into the season, Rylan's got five goals, 15 assists for 20 points overall. For the Pats, it's number 43, Tanner Howe. In 16 games, Tanner's got nine goals, 13 assists for 22 points. But yeah, going into this game, Rob, I mean, we're looking at the Wheat King record right now, 7-6-3-1 versus an 8-7-1-0. And in the last 10, I... I like looking at the last 10 a whole lot more than I like looking at the overall, of course, beside where the, where the, where the points are. But last 10, that's, that's where you want to know where you're at. 4-3-2-1. So we're, we're counting down, <laughs> but at least the big number is the first number. Yeah, right? we're, if so we're going 1-2-3-4, we're, we're doing something wrong. If we're going 1-2-3-4, that is a very, you don't want to be on that one. Yeah. You, that's, that's the one you don't want to have. Uh, the Pats, 5-5. Five and five. So the Pats in the last 10 have not been to extra time. Uh, your Wheat Kings, meanwhile have been there a whole lot lately, at least three times in the last uh, in the last 10 games. So um, we're going to see how this one plays out. As for uh, the Wheaties, looking to get back at at least 500 in the win column in the away tally, home ice has been great. These last three games aside, even the start of the year, I mean, overall, home ice has been competitive. Um, there's only been the, the two uh, losses in regulation, but away, it's been 3-4, 1-1. So looking to change things there tomorrow. And the U.S. trip accounts for a good chunk of that. The very first road game the Wheat Kings played this season was a thumping in Moose Jaw. They were great in that game. But now that you're into a more regular schedule, you're playing the same batch of opponents fairly consistently, you're going to get a better idea of how this team stacks up against their opposition. Regina is going to come in a little bit upset, I think, because they've lost two games in a row. And the most recent loss was last night against Prince Albert, and there was a moment in that game where Regina thought they had tied the score at two. They got down to nothing, they got back within one, they had a power play, and they thought they'd scored the tying goal. If you look at the replay, the puck does cross the line. But you get one of those situations where the goaltender's getting bumped into a little bit, and the referee has intent to blow the whistle, and he blows it dead before it crosses the line. And it's going to be controversial one way or another. You don't envy referees in that position, because they've got to do their job, but you're taking a goal away from somebody. No one's ever going to be happy about that. And then all of a sudden, back the other way come the Raiders. It's 3-1, and empty netter makes it 4-1. What could have been a 2-2 game goes completely the opposite direction. The Wheat Kings have been in games like that this year. It's happened. Games can swing on a single moment like that. You know the Pats are going to come in a little bit upset after that. It's going to be an interesting game. You can catch the pregame and the game on Q Country Time change hasn't changed yet, so it's still going to be... Oh, still daylight savings, daylight uh, savings in the mix, yeah. Okay, so that's what, 8 o'clock puck drop? 8 o'clock Manitoba, Manitoba time. time. Yep, yeah. I, I will say I love a lot of things about being back in Manitoba. I was saying to somebody today that one thing I love is that if I'm in a bar watching the Bomber game and I cheer, uh, other people cheer with me now. I don't get Good. dirty looks. Good. Yep. But I don't... I, when I was in Saskatchewan, I didn't miss daylight savings time. We can We can put that in the bin. That'd be awesome. If there's ever an actual vote, I'm all for that as well. Let's oh, yeah. just let's just get rid of it. I'm, I'm on board. Easier. I mean, I've seen what life is like without it, and I got to tell you, didn't uh, have any negative effects. Any parent with kids, when you get them on a schedule, they just kind of have to, I think, uh, realize schedules don't 
change like that that easy, right? No. So the kids are all in a whack for a whole lot longer. An hour doesn't sound like much until you need it. Uh, speaking of which, uh, you had quite the hour today. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Before we get into our guest, uh, oh. I really want us to talk about this because um, there is, speaking of talent on the ice around Westman, just because of what Westman is and the hockey players that they've, you know, we've produced. Uh, and of course, when they're done, they come back home. And there's lots of people in this area that were fantastic hockey players at one point. A lot still have a lot of skill and they like to get together and, and still play. Well, there is a weekly game. We're not going to give away all the details because it's... Uh, oh, you got to keep the autograph hounds away. Yeah, you know? Exactly, yeah. exactly. They don't want to be hounding you especially. But there's, <laughs> but, but, but there's some rather big names who are out on the ice. And Anyway, Rob, today was your first time uh, playing in this oh, lunchtime yeah. Thursday game. And uh, just how was it? How are you feeling? My legs are still sore. I suspect they will be this time next week uh, around about Thursday. Uh, of course, next Thursday, the Wheat Kings are on the road and it'll be two weeks before I'm able to get back on the ice again. And I might need two weeks to recover. These guys, listen, if I'm ever sitting up in my broadcast booth and I'm tempted to get thinking, oh, how does he miss that pass? You know, I could have made that. no. No, I couldn't. We have very recent evidence that I couldn't. Uh, I'm not going to throw any rocks from my stained glass house on that one. I got a very vivid demonstration of uh, just how far behind the broadcaster is compared to the players. All right. So at one point, though, you were playing on a line with former NHLer Ryan White and former NHL draft pick and Wee King alumni Tyler Plant who, of course, was a goalie back in the day, but he's, he's not going to play goalie in, no, in, in this no, league. He's, he's no, not. he's out there. He, he skates pretty well, actually. How is he guy. as a player he's out a there playing with you? He's a player, yeah. So, I mean, he's a naturally talented guy, but, I mean, I've always known goalies to have really good shots because they essentially play with, like, weights on their hands. So, you know, yeah. if you, you got the blocker and the glove, and you go from using that to fling the puck up ice to using a player stick, it's like you've had weights taken off your wrists. So these guys, when they lean into wrist shots, they can kill a puck. You had a little trouble with that today. I uh, won't go into too many details on that because, as I said, glass house. Okay. But, uh, yeah, it was it was fun to play with you both You had him. fun, though, and you oh, did well. Yeah. Um, had did fun. Okay. Definitely had fun. And did you would you work hard? Uh, I have to because, okay. listen, some of these that's, guys that's can all you coast. Do. That's all you got to do. Work hard, have fun. That's all yeah. they can expect of you. You're, exactly. You're a broadcaster. Listen, Kobe Roback doesn't have to work hard out there. He's He's going to be one of the best players on the ice no matter what happens. I have to work hard because if I don't, it's gonna be noticeable. <laughs> oh, man, versus Kobe Roback. Yeah, I didn't win That's, that matchup oddly no, enough. I, no. I, I like to tell people every now no. and then, like if I fumble a pass, <laughs> these are the hands that made me a broadcaster. Yeah, those hands were on full display today. All right, who had the best shot out there today? Oh, who's the one that was impressed? There was a name you were throwing out there earlier. Yeah, Brad McConnell gave me the two easiest assists of my life. I just gave nice. him the puck somewhere in the neutral zone, and he just went in and fired it right to the top corner. Nice. Just the easiest, most casual wrist shot I think I've been on the ice with and picking corners like nobody's business. I, I was told that he was a, a a sniper at the U Sports level, and I, I get curious. I have to look the guys up on Elite Prospects, so yeah, I did, yeah. and I looked at it, and I went, oh, yeah, he was pretty good. He's a little bit of a different skill caliber than me. I'm going to give him the puck more often. Yeah, there you go. Well, you had fun, and now you got a little break, so that's good. That's exactly. Good. Good He's going to need the break after that. <laughs> uh, we're uh, going to be getting in with, with our special guest here this week in just a few minutes. 
the guest here this week, I mean, if you're listening to this pod, you would have already seen it in the title. And chances are that's that's why you maybe clicked on here this week. I'm expecting a lot of maybe first-time listeners for this guy because <laughs> he, he was the, you know, voted as the fan favorite last year. And he wasn't on the roster to start the year. We're going to get into it, but our, our guest this week is going to be Matt Henry. Uh, Matt's going to be here in just a couple of minutes. Before that, I just wanted to uh, quickly go down and uh, talk about a couple of uh, dub notes, including that they officially announced that uh, we're back for another season with the Children's Miracle Network and Nickelodeon. So the WHL uh, started this partnership uh, along with uh, uh, along with Remax, and over the years, it's kind of evolved for us to do different kind of themed jerseys. But now that we've been with Nickelodeon for a couple of years, um, it's really grown into this really fun day on Family Day that we've turned it into again. Now fans are going to be like, well, "You guys have already kind of announced that, haven't you?" Yes, it's 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 on the pocket schedule. <laughs> we we kind of let that cat out of the bag before, but this was the big league announcement. But it was uh, it was pretty awesome. And, you know, for us to go back and, and look at that, and just last year, $160,000 was raised, and that was on our SpongeBob night. And you know what? We haven't uh, told the details yet, but we're going to have a whole lot more fun this year, too. It's a fun night. That's a huge part of it, and the players have fun with the jerseys. You know, for a lot of these these guys, there that's a connecting thing between guys who are year in my age and guys who are these kids' ages. They have the same, you know, cartoons in their childhood that we have in a lot of cases. But the big thing is, you know, the number you just threw out, $160,000 for a great cause. That's something you can't take for granted at all. And if you're having fun while you're doing it, more's the better. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. Uh, so uh, right now we have got our, our guest here. He's waiting. So the magic of the podcast. Now live here in the studio, it is number 67, Matt Henry. Matt, how you doing, man? I'm doing pretty good. Thank you for joining us here. Yeah, happy to be here. Uh, so this is probably your first ever podcast. Have you done one yet? Never done one in my life. Okay. So, first time. Well, it's all good. We're just going to talk, but it's exciting to have you here. Last year, you come on into the organization. You have a very interesting year where you become a fan favorite, and it shows by literally you winning that award at the end of the season. Let, let's kind of go back to that. You know, coming in, uh, what was that first season just, you know, learning about the organization like? Um, I mean... I was nervous coming in, I'll be honest. Like I I didn't think I was going to make the team first of all. I kind of just came thinking like, "Okay, hey, I'll give it my best shot, see what happens." And then, you know, playing the black and gold game or gold, whatever it was and then yep. uh you know, show up pretty good and then have a good preseason, get a fight in, get a couple goals and then you know made the team and you know, I've always like in back in the North Stars like uh, I got voted fan favorite there as well. And uh just just how I play, I like to I think everyone knows how I like to play, so you know I like to like to hit and fight and protect my teammates and get the crowd going, and that's what I like to do, anyways. It's a good way to endear yourself to the fans, so much so that you know even last year in a different organization, I knew how much the Wheat Kings were behind you and how much their fans were. And I've been meaning to ask you this: Did you ever get a Hank the Tank shirt? Did you do you own one of those? Uh, I do. Yes. Yeah. There, I got the OG version. <laughs> I've been meaning to ask about yeah. that. Okay. Yeah. So there's a, there's an OG version, and then there was the uh, the version that we were allowed to actually print. Yeah. <laughs> no blood. <laughs> yeah. There was uh, uh there was there was one graphic that uh, that was used that uh it, it, it just the certain color tint kind of gave it a different sort of overall yeah, it, tone. It looked like I had blood like all over my hands. Like it looked. It was kind of. Fun. It actually looks pretty awesome, but <laughs> yeah. it was not blood, and it just it just just it was an a optical weird little, illusion, weird weird, yeah. weird little thing, but yeah. a very yeah very OG print. That's awesome. Uh, so 
from last year, Matt, we go into this offseason. And what we really want to talk to you about in the pod here, because a lot of fans you know, are very curious about just kind of what happened. And it's just that you are such a hard worker. People don't realize, even last year, like the type of guy that you are, that you were just working even during the season. Like you enjoy work. What was that kind of like? Like how did you find what you were doing? Um, well, so one of my buddies, uh, Carson, he said, you know, you got to get your 1A. And, you know, I was like, hey, you know what? Like my old man had it. So I, was, I went and got my 1A. It's like a month course uh, through MTS training school. And then I got put on with Trinever Concrete. And uh, I just, I loved every day. Like, you know, there's lots of early mornings and it's just you're with the with a bunch of guys. Everyone's just getting along, having fun. You know, you're, I don't know. It just, it can't really explain it. I just enjoyed it. I enjoyed making money and kind of doing things on my own and taking care of myself. And, and I, I pride on that. So I, I don't like, you know, like people do help me a lot, right? I have a lot of support, but I do like taking care of myself. And that's just the way I looked at it. So I found that a way to, I found a way that like that could be just me taking care of myself and just going to work and, you know, maybe, I don't know. I don't know if hockey was, you know, still in me. I just, I just didn't feel like I, I didn't feel like I needed to come back. Um, and it had nothing to do with like the fans or my teammates or, or that type of deal. I just, I just didn't, you know, didn't feel ready to come back if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I, Hundred percent. That it sounds like the camaraderie you had within your job. It, it honestly, the way you described it, kind of sounds like a hockey team. A bunch yeah. of guys together having a good time and looking out for one another. Yeah, like they're all great guys. And you know, I actually just talked to my boss yesterday, and uh, actually one of my good coworkers, Glenn, uh, yesterday too. And they're great mentors, and they've taught me so much. And especially Glenn, and you know, I just uh, you know miss them every day. They're they're fun to be around. But you know, I've obviously, I've obviously I'm excited to be back and I'm happy to be back too, though. Well, and this just goes like to your work ethic. I, I and I can totally see that in the way that you proceed with almost with anything now. If it's hockey, if it's with your other training, that I mean, people even know this, but you train in the gym as well for boxing. Is it MMA? What do you uh, specifically I did, do? I did MMA with uh, with Corey Chambers. Uh, there's like a, it's called the Green Dojo, okay. out in Balford. So I did uh, worked out worked with him and he. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty fun stuff. So, and then I also uh, my billets here, Amber and Brian White, they got their own Anytime Fitness. So, I hit it up there later, and I'll be hitting it up today actually. So after this, so you're a big gym guy. Yeah, I love going to the gym and lifting things up and putting them down. So, I have seen that firsthand that you are pretty dedicated with your physical fitness regimen, and I'm wondering what it's like, you know, balancing a hockey schedule where you're on the ice a ton. And this kind of brings me to another thing, actually, something that maybe people don't appreciate when you're trying to put on muscle or work out on a regular basis, if you're skating five times a week, it's not easy to keep that up, is it? No, um, you got to eat a lot of food and like just ungodly amounts. And I mean, like, you know, what are you, what are you eating right now? Like for calories a day? Oh, I have no idea. You're not I, even, yeah. I have, <laughs> I don't even count them. I just eat till I feel like I'm going to throw up sometimes. And what well, we're waiting for you to get here. Where, where were you? Well, I was at Wendy's. You're at Wendy's? <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's, that's my top. That's my favorite place. Spicy chicken sandwich. Yeah, you're talking me into that right about now. You know, we, we got to stop doing this so close to uh, dinner time. The we number do. of it's times come up we again. have okay, food. We have no, talked about food on listen. this podcast more than hockey. I swear, sometimes. And at, at Wendy's, they used to do back in the day. You can get the two for six spicy chickens, and that was like a special. Pro- the, the that was you know pre-inflation days. Yeah. Now, now they do the two for eight. Uh, but even that, I haven't seen in a while. But yeah, spicy chicken. I'll be honest. Like I've been, I've been spending some coin, and you, 
can testify to that on I the road did, trip. I did, yeah. We had a stop at, uh, we had a stop, I think it was in Spokane. Spokane, yeah. Yeah, we were stopped and some of us went to Chipotle and did you end up doing both or just the Wendy's? No, I just went to Wendy's and yeah. I don't know if you remember, I spent, well, I spent $35. Amer- American, <laughs> by the way. Which, what did you get at American Wendy's for $35? I, I don't know. I just, I was so hungry. and Lots like, of I, bacon extras. and Well, like I got like, I think two spicy chickens, like a baconator, a f- large frosty. Like I just got the whole nine yards. I was... Yeah. And I don't think it even slowed you down. Like you were still at the team meal at dinner that night. You had no problem putting away more food. That's it gives you an idea of. Bill at parents will talk about this, like feeding young hockey players. Oh, I feel bad. It's and, it's and, a lot. And it's not as if you are out of shape here. Like when we're talking about this, like you're doing this and you must be working out a ton. And even your skating and a lot of these videos we take at practice and we're just having fun with. Seeing you evolve from not. We should talk about this. You you didn't touch the ice right from. The last game last oh. year until you got here. Did you yeah. touch the ice once, okay. like at all, or put on skates, or do anything with hockey so, equipment over the summer? So I'll be honest. I got home, uh, well, March twenty sixth, I think it was, or twenty seventh. I think we stayed here for a day or two, and then because uh, they were getting all our gear kind of packed up, type of deal. And then I got home. I put my sticks and my hockey bag down, and I didn't touch it until I decided to come back. And I'm not lying, and I'm being so serious. That I, I didn't even look at my equipment. I had no idea if things were like I couldn't even find my. I don't know where my skates went. I don't know how they even got. To, I don't know who touched them, <laughs> but I found them. Oh man! Thank God, Scoots would have been choked. So, but S- yeah. Scooter's in the office next door, and I can almost hear him twitch as we talk about the possibility of losing skates. Yeah, I'm just looking at. Him I right wish now. he was listening right now, but he's not. He's talking yeah, to Matt. That's good. But no, yeah. So like, I didn't even like. I came here and I skated uh, that Monday morning. And then I practiced again, skated the next Tuesday morning, practiced again, and then I played Wednesday. And the game before you played on Wednesday, you made an appearance that I think caught uh, some of our fans a little off guard. Did the players know that you were going to be part of that ceremonial puck drop? Um, I don't think I don't think some of them even knew that. Like I'm not 100 percent sure, um, but yeah, I know lots of people didn't even know I was like, like they were like, "You're in Brandon for what?" I'm like, "Oh." <laughs> I came back because <laughs> it happened so fast. Like, you know, I was working on a Thursday. Yeah, I was working on a Thursday, and then I uh, talked to Marty. And then, uh, yeah, that next Friday I finished work at 12 o'clock, went and said my goodbyes, left that morning, and, yeah, came here. All right, before we get into keeping this conversation, Scooter was right next door. Just really quick, on a level of 1 to 10, if Matt showed up, and didn't have his skates. If he would have lost his skates, how mad would you have been? I don't know if I would have been mad at all. Yeah, we were all just super happy. That's what I would have <laughs> oh, thought okay. too. Oh, yeah. We were thrilled to have you back. See that? You could have just lost the whole you bag probably. There you go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Scooter's going to find you more equipment. Yeah. By the That's way, right. the shirt that Scooter is wearing right now is perfectly on brand for the conversation we've been having for the last couple minutes or That's so. That's very true. Like, for yes. the podcast listeners, it says Cheat Meal Specialist. Burgers, fries, and gains. Need that shirt. And it's like a double, a triple patted burger. It's a and burger. It's a scooter burger. <laughs> I always tell people, if you're going to work out, but you can't enjoy food, what's the point? I work out so I can eat cake. Oh, I, oh I'm oh i with you. Cheesecake all there. All yeah. there. I, I just eat cake. 
So, <laughs> no. Appreciate it, Scooter. Thanks yeah. for being right, right, right next door there. Bye, Scoots. Appreciate you, Scooter. <laughs> Appreciate you. Uh, <laughs> we'll have to tell that story one day. Yeah. So, going back to this. So, you're, you're skating even from that first game until now, like in practices. It seems like you have found your 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 footing however you want to ever you want to find it but you're feeling a whole lot more comfortable out there like oh you, like like you were you know at last year at your peak of your playing like by tuesday i felt fine yeah you're good like like the second day i was like oh like this and is- i figured like it's you're using different muscles but it's not as if you were just decided i'm not doing anything right no, like it's not as if you said no. i'm going to be sitting at home on the couch i just don't want to do anything you were you were working you're going to the gym you're working out you're doing yeah. all this stuff right well, i was still taking care of myself obviously i just wasn't skating but you know, yeah, I don't know. Turned out good, so. So what was it that made you go, I I got to get back? Like, what what happened? You were you were out. You didn't look at your hockey bag. Was it, like, and I, people, were they were they contacting you? Just you finally had enough? Or just what, <laughs> what, what, what happened? No, I mean, people were contacting me, and obviously, like, I did feel kind of bad because I know there's lots of, well, I know there are kids that, and especially, like, the Bella kids, like, uh, Bryn, the little one, she wanted me to come back, and I was like, oh, man. But, no, I woke up on a Wednesday morning, and I have no idea why, but I just felt the urge to come back. Like, I just wanted to come back, I think. And then the next day, I called Marty, and and then, yeah, all of a sudden, I just was like, okay, okay I guess I'm coming back. What was the call? Would you would you say? Well, I mean, I was just... Was it literally just, hey, it, it's me? Well, no, or, they, they had to obviously have a conversation about it. I mean, right? You never know with a guy who hasn't skated as long as I did, and what could happen like all of a sudden i come back and i'm like bambi and i just never in the same but nothing's changed i don't think you know like my skating's fine and like you know i'm just working on my skills now and trying to get maybe a couple goals in me this year so but. and the, the day we found out you were coming back was a big day around the office i will say oh, that man. and it was like it, christmas for us there was a lot of uh, there was a lot of celebration in this particular part of the building i know there was elsewhere too but da- down here there was and part of that came from a certain video that our own resident video wizard over here yeah, oh, put together. Holy. I take it you've seen it. Yeah, no, I was uh, I was actually just coming back to town with a load of sand, coming back to the shop, and all of a sudden I see my phone started blowing up, and I had my headphones on, and I'm like, like what, what's going on here? And I seen like Instagram notifications, and I'm like, oh my god, and I look at the video, and I'm like. Oh. Holy smokes. <laughs> like, I was like, geez, it's intense. I loved it, though. I loved it. Classic awesome. wrestling promo you were trying to bring back. And this, yeah. this, this guy over here, a WWE fan, he's he's the guy to do that. Yeah. yeah. Now now AEW, to be clear, too. But, oh, uh, you switched. <laughs> okay, good, good. But uh, I'm a wrestling nerd. But listen, yeah, when, when, when you came back, it is, like, one, very happy because... We just like the style, of course, of, of of play that you bring. You're also a great kid. Like I like having you around. You're just you're, you're one of those good guys. And we've done so many community events together last year, right? Yeah. Like we all, did. and already this year we're back in the schools together, and yeah. it's always great. I I, I love that part of it. Uh, but from the marketing aspect, there's very few guys that we could market like that these days. That it's your playing style is so unique. And when we got to do that, I was like, I'm going to treat this guy like a wrestler. And for me, you're like the undertaker. You're like one of those, you know, mythical figures that you are a larger than life presence coming into this because of the reputation you've built. Now at the same time, is it now almost too tough to find partners without you having to, how can I phrase this without you having to having to, um, like push too many buttons you have for example a four fight now card versus a kumbi how did that one come about 
Is this one that now you're just talking pregame? Yeah, I mean, like, I, I actually really think he's a good guy. And I res- I kind of seen, like, you know, he's a bigger guy. And, like, I, don't know, I didn't really know anyone on Winnipeg. And and then it all started because I tripped Benson in a pregame in one of our uh, preseason games. And then all of a sudden I turned around and this guy's like just, like just yelling at me. And I was like, oh, okay, whatever, let's go. And we had a good fight and he showed respect. And then, like, then I thought to myself, I wonder if he'd want it again. And then I asked him, and he said, yeah. <laughs> then I asked him again, he said, yeah. And then, well, obviously in Wenatchee, everyone kind of knew what was going to happen, I think. So, yeah. But he's – I respect him, and I respect any guy like that that's willing to come and show out and, you know, not throw any cheap shots but have a good fight. I'm glad you brought up the fight with Cumbie, actually, because that was – first of all, that was one of the most fun I've ever called. And you guys afterwards simultaneously hyped up the crowd – it does seem like you guys know each other at least a little bit, or at the very least have, uh, as you said, a pretty good respect for each other. Yeah, and we got lots of mutual friends, too. I think he's from Bonneville, and he knows a lot. Like, I know a few people from Lloyd Minister, and, and kind of just mutual type of deal. So, But, no, I respect guys like that and, you know, wish there were more. So when you're going into these games now, your role has been defined. Uh, you know, I was like, you're power forward, enforcer. You're out there for that. But you were talking about, you know, trying to get a couple of goals a lot of that, you know, skills work in practice, uh, you know, with, with Riley Dudar and with the coaches. You're doing these skill sessions. Um, how do you feel that that, that development has been? Uh, I mean, it's slow. It's slow. I mean, like, obviously, you got to learn how to translate it to a game, and, and it's a really tough league. Like, it's probably one of the best leagues in the world for a junior level, and, like, you know, it, it's it's tough. It really is. And, you know, obviously, not playing for so long, it still takes time, right? So I'm just trying to get better every day and – trying to just kind of fine-tune things and you know i know when i get maybe the first like real one like a nice snipe or something like that then i think the wheels will start turning pretty good there was uh, there was one quote last year i'm not going to say who who said it but it was somebody in the, in the organization uh and at one point uh our old radio broadcaster uh, he said he goes uh so uh you know matt hasn't had a point in the last whatever like six seven games and he goes uh, right away. He goes, oh really? Didn't notice. <laughs> like, oh. like, like it. It doesn't matter. Like that's you know. It's. I'd love you working on that. And of course, you know, you want to get better. You want to get more skilled. But uh, what you bring is you bring energy, right? Yeah. And you can see that. And uh, one thing that uh, I don't know if people have noticed, uh, the fans may have over the last couple of years, our players never used to bang the sticks coming out of uh, intermission before puck drop. And that was something I noticed last year you started, and now the team has kind of all picked up on that. And yeah. uh, Or just, you know, at certain, like, l- loud parts, you know, like, make, the make noise meters in the big game uh, when all the kids were here on Willie's birthday. Uh, just kind of talk about that, like, even off the ice, but on the bench, just helping help get the guys fired up. Yeah, I mean, like, obviously, you know, like, I know what my role is. I don't, you know, I don't need to play, you know, 20, 30 minutes a night. Like, and, and I'm okay with that. Like, that, like that's okay. Like, it's, a, it's about buying into your role and, like, taking your role and playing with pride with it. And, you know, like, I don't care if I have 10 shifts, 5 shifts, 2 shifts, 100 shifts. I could care less. I'm still going to be on the bench making noise. And, you know, maybe I, I take it back. Like, you know, last game, obviously, I had a couple of bad penalties. And, you know, I, I don't want to do that. But having said that, I can't let that affect me. I got to make sure I'm always bringing up my team. And, you know, when we got that tying goal, like, you know, that's when I got to step in and be like, hey, let's keep the, keep the wheels going here. Keep going. Keep going. Like, I just embrace stuff like that. And I love picking guys up and. I don't know. I just enjoy it a lot. We've used the term power forward to refer to you a couple times in this podcast, and one aspect of that is throwing the big-time body check. Mm-hmm. And we were talking a little bit about one a couple nights ago on Lyndon Lakovich and Moose Job. Not a small guy himself. All might six might have been five. one of the biggest hits of the year so far. That was a good one. one and 
you and I have talked a little bit about the desire for you to keep that muscle mass on. With a more conscientious effort on that this year and being a little bit heavier, do you feel like it's easier to throw guys around a little bit and lean oh, on them? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Like, I, last year I kind of – I didn't I just didn't eat enough last year. I think that's what it was. And I lost quite a bit of weight. And I, I still threw some good hits last year, but not like this year. I've had like a, a few big hits every game. So, like, I mean, and if I can keep doing that, that's what I'm going to keep doing. And when you throw a hit like that and, you know, a guy like Lakovic, like I said, good player, six foot five, down he goes. What's the reaction like on the bench when you get back? Well, that's what they want. They want to see me throwing hits and getting energy. And then that's just, honestly, a big hit can start something. You know, a big hard hit, that can just all of a sudden, like, the crowd's into it, the boys are into it. All of a sudden, things just start going your way. It's all about the one shift, and then it's the second, then it's the third, it's the fourth. And it just... I just think of it that way. So I think if I can get that going all of a sudden, you know, the wheels are going to strike or like a good time for a fight. Like, you know, uh, in Seattle, we got, we're down two one. So I thought, okay, well, you know, might as well start getting some going here, have a fight. Brett scored right after same thing. with Nachi. we're down one, nothing. It's my second or third shift of the game of the game. And I think it's, I'm like, Hey, it's time. We got to go. And next thing you know, the boy scored and I didn't even know that. So yeah, it's all about timing. And you were mentioning to me the Seattle fight in particular, the one against, I believe it was Bryce Pickford. You were impressed with how he handled himself. Yeah, uh, actually, so this is funny. So me and my dad uh, actually coached him a few years ago. And <laughs> and I never thought I'd be fighting him. And, I mean, I give him a lot of credit because he stood his ground and, like, you know, he threw some good punches. I threw some good punches. I mean, like, I think we were both I, – I was really tired. Like, I couldn't even breathe. But, you know, it's when you got to go, you got to go. So – but I gave him a lot of respect and like, you know, and, you know, I just, I like stuff like guys like that. I, I do respect that'll come and answer the bell when it's time. And how old know. would you have been when you were teaching with your dad then? Like how uh, long ago was that? I was 16, 16 or yeah, I had been 16. Okay. Probably. So just a couple of years ago. Wasn't long ago. No, no. And, and, but he's always been a really solid, strong guy. And like, yeah. um, we actually played a scrimmage against him when I was 16 too. And I kind of hit him once and I thought, <laughs> He's kind of strong. So, yeah, he's still pretty strong. One thing I learned about you as well on the road, we were chatting a little bit in Spokane, is you have an almost encyclopedic knowledge of guys at the next level of hockey who have played that kind of power forward slash enforcer role. You've got a lot of guys that you you know their fight cards really well. Is there a particular guy that growing up you found yourself cheering for or trying to emulate on the ice? Uh, well, Michael Furland was one, and I, I, uh, remember when he played against Vancouver in the 2015 series, well, he was an well. absolute animal. And like, like when I seen him play it, like then I was like, okay, I got to play like that. Cause I wasn't in hitting yet in 2015, but like, I just, I don't know what it was. It just, when I seen him play, I was like, like, I got to idolize that guy. But then obviously got like John Morastis and like, there's a hundred other guys. Like I love Delorier on Philly. He's always been a, like, he's power forward fights at good times i like guys like that i don't know i could go on forever about the guys i like but i'm so glad you brought up the furland series in 2015 against vancouver that was that was maybe the best breakout series i can remember yeah for a guy playing furland's role i'd actually met michael furland about a year before that at a skate in winnipeg and he was still in the American Hockey League at the time, and then he got brought up to Calgary for that playoff series, and a bunch of guys who were with him and with me at that skate, we were watching that series against Vancouver together and just watching him steadily drive Kevin Bieksa insane. Oh, my God. 
he had BXA ready to tear his hair out. It was it was well, crazy. Same to as watch. Dorset too. Uh, and Dorset tried him. As I recall, Dorset tried to fight him on opening puck drop the next year. And next it year, yeah, didn't go very well for him. No. And now. We got Michael Furlan passing on all that awesome knowledge to the U18 Brandon Wee Kings. So they, they're benefiting huge from him, actually. Oh, That's absolutely. awesome. Like, it's amazing. Uh, what, what an absolute career that he had. And that was his breakout. That's kind of how he became the name was after that, right? Like, Michael Furlan was always an NHL player, star. But after that, he, he became, like, a little next level. That was different. And I think when years later, when he signed as a free agent, I'm sure that teams who were offering him big money had that playoff series in their minds. That's what I mean. That's what I mean. Yeah. That's what put him kind of on the map for that next level, right? So uh, so now, uh, Hank, Matt, you, you prefer Hank, right? Like, if you're just going to be called? Yeah, I mean, like, like Hank's all right, or Matt. Hank is just, yeah. yeah. Henry, I don't know. I get Hank a lot more than Henry now, so. Yeah, you would. Yeah. Uh, so now we got a couple of games versus Regina Pats. Uh, we were talking just before, uh, before you got on here, about uh, how I guess Marty described this as like a mini playoff series. It kind of is. We've got the three games versus the Regina Pats uh, within seven days. I think is it's it nine like, days. Nine because days? One of them is a Sunday game uh, after Remembrance yeah. Day. So it is going to end up being nine days, but even so, but still. Uh, three games in quite a short span. Yeah. Uh, these kind of games can sometimes sometimes cause a little bit of little bit of emotion, a little bit of tension yeah. because you're playing the same team, you know. Blah, blah, blah. So going into this, uh, do you prepare any different? Do you do you, do you look at these any different? Are you just looking at it period by period, shift by shift? Yeah, no, take I take it as it goes. How do you prepare? Um, no, I I prepare the same same game or same thing every game. Like I don't uh, I don't nothing changes. My rituals stay the same. Still have my same black coffee. I still go sit on the bench. I don't know. Like I just everything stays the same. Mindset's the same. I don't care who I'm playing, who I'm going out against. It always stays the same. And yeah, I'm excited to play Regina. Actually, we had some fun games with them last year. You drink black coffee. That's almost not a surprise at all either. Yeah. Look at you. Just I, I'm impressed. I would say, but not surprised. Wearing a Carhartt shirt, drinking black coffee, yeah. talking about uh, your 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 one A. Uh, you're wearing a fly fishing hat. Do you like fly fishing? Do you like like I know we talked about fishing. You've been fly fishing though for real? No, okay. Or just a hat. So this my sister bought me this in Vancouver. Okay. I mean I like fishing. I mean I've been fishing forever. Yeah, I know we've yeah. Yeah, we've last time I went that. last time I went fishing was in July. Went with uh my buddy Sandy and Umpy up in uh Larange. What'd you go for? Oh <laughs> just whatever's biting? Whatever you can catch. Whatever you whatever you can catch. What'd you catch? Didn't catch much. <laughs> <laughs> You just caught a good time. Yeah, that's right. My dad always said that's why it's called fishing and not catching. That's right. Right. Beautiful but, country to go fishing in, though. Like that oh, Mirage man. area. Oh, ridiculous. Like I like that is just like, you got to be careful though. There's so many reefs and like you if you don't know that that lake, like you're getting lost. <laughs> like I'm oh. serious. You're on the boat then. You weren't on on the shore. No, we were, we went to uh, can't remember where it's like right across the lake though on a little little spot. It's really cool. Nice. Yeah. You're a Prince Albert area guy, so you know the lay of the land up there. And like even between Prince Albert and Larange, I mean, like Candle Lake out that way, there's so many good spots up yeah, there. Yeah, Candle Lake's really nice, actually. If, um, used to go there quite a bit with uh, a couple of buddies and some family. So I enjoyed it there. I went to Emma, make, Emma, Emma Lake a lot, too, with uh, one of them. Actually, I played on the same team of him with him in the SJ Easton Rask. He has a cabin up there, and I went up there a lot, or a few times with them, anyways. So. Uh, do you do ice fishing? Oh, I haven't been ice fishing since I was like seven years old, I think. Oh, see, I like ice fishing more than even even summer fishing. Oh yeah, and I love summer fishing, but there's no bugs. There's no bugs. There's so many nice lakes. I never really there. had time to go ice fishing though my whole life. That's true. That's yeah. True. You, you're busy this time of year. This is yeah, this is when it gets it's a little hectic. Tough, so and like obviously our Christmas break ain't too long either. So it's like got to vary my time. 
Yeah. I'd love to do a team outing, though, one of one of these years. Oh, I wish. Get everybody out ice fishing. That'd be fun. Oh, it yeah. Would be. You'd get a few. A few guys would be, like, there's the city boys like me who would be completely lost, but then there'd be some other guys who would probably do pretty well at it. I think so. I think it'd be good. Uh, any last questions for Hank while we got him here? It's been great to chat with you, Hank. Thank but you, I because we're we kept you longer than we even said we would, but I really appreciate you, uh, you coming on this week. Yeah. Yeah, thanks a lot. I uh, Good talk. What an absolute beauty that guy is. Oh, no, no doubt him, about man. it. Man. Yeah. Between him and Carson Bjarnason, we've been on kind of a run on that front, actually. That's a great two weeks for our for you know our current roster guys. And there's a lot of guys that we still want to talk to, and we got and want to get on the podcast, of course. Uh, and uh, you know we're gonna try our best to get them on. And also, since we kind of you know rebooted this, we haven't talked to a whole lot of the alumni list that we we talked about. We're gonna crack into and this and that. But no, this this week I thought that'd be a lot of fun if we could get uh, get Matt, if we get Hank on. And uh, I I, th- I thought that was great. Absolutely. And we've had fans wondering, you know, hey, where was Hank at the start of the year? What all happened? And it's better, you know, we we can. We can talk about it, the two of us, but it's better you hear it from Hank himself. That's right. That's right. Because we're not that smart. We're not that bright. Oh, God, no. We can't properly convey what... Anyone who's watched me do, well, almost anything can probably (laughs) tell you that, but... We don't need to litigate my IQ, please, not publicly. <laughs> uh, a big, big thanks for you tuning on in here to the Weekly Harvest Podcast. However you're listening, you know, if it's if it's on Spotify, Google, Apple, if you're on Podbean, one of the YouTube watchers on the on the video feed, uh, appreciate you doing that. If you can, whatever service it is, if you can do the like and subscribe thing or even download the podcast, that'd be awesome. Uh, a lot of the metrics don't don't just do the streaming, right? So appreciate to any of the effort that you, that you can go to uh, help support us. But uh, episode 65, pretty much in the books. Now, Rob, uh, before we officially get out of here, um, you guys are on the road here uh, tomorrow. What are your final thoughts before this game with the Regina Pats before the start of this mini playoff series? The Wheat Kings have played up to their competition the last couple of games, and if they can keep that pace of play, they're going to catch Regina off guard tomorrow. I'm looking forward to it. There we go. You heard it from Mr. Rob Mann. So, I, for Rob, I'm Chris Falco. Have yourself an amazing week. Go Wheaties, go, and we'll talk to you again next week. Until then, cheers. Cheers.